0: Welcome everyone. My name is Tabiseng Shongwe, Head of Marketing and Communications at Spiral Ella Health and Wellness. I declare myself a compassionate communicator and narrative strategist. my special privilege to be your moderator for this engagement. Thank you for joining us from our beloved African continent and beyond. We are honored and privileged to have you join us today. And thank you very, very much. We move into our first conversation that is going to be held by Setu Shabalala and Robin Bleakers. I'd like to introduce Setu as a chartered accountant currently working with MTN South Africa. Consumer business, where she works with data analytics and in corporate finance to inform decision making around MTN's consumer postpaid revenue. She has prior experience in the MTN Group Vice President's office as well as auditing at KPMG. Said to thrives on project management, problem solving, and stakeholder engagement. She is passionate about data analytics, education, and leadership development of young people. Setu is also a Yali fellow, where I think is, she has met Robin Blierkis, who I'll introduce as a founder, a foundation associate at BitSEMA Consulting, where he manages all of the aspects of the foundation, including project management of the African Leadership Initiatives, Ali Youth Leadership Program, as well as advises various nonprofit and SME um, executives. Robin has over eight years of management consulting experience in the public, private, and nonprofit sector, with a keen focus on strategy development, organizational reviews, and design for effectiveness. Excuse me, for effectiveness. Robin has worked across Africa on various logistic-related projects, where he's had a positive overall impact on different African countries. He has a passion for psychology and development, which has seen an excellence in his work wherever he is in supporting these spaces. I thank Setu and Robin for their conversation and introducing us as to mental health and wellness and rethinking the relationship between wellness and technology. Thank you, Setu, and thank you, Robin.
1: Thank you so much, Ntabi Singh, for the the lovely introduction. Just to to start off the entire conversation, and then I'm going to hand over to, to, to Setu, we, we chatted for some time around how we would actually approach, uh, you know, this conversation and this engagement, and it, it really was around understanding a, a personal story and saying, you know, as as young South Africans, what is it, um, and what has been our experience in relation to technology and wellness. So my my story right would start around about lockdown and. I use lockdown because it completely destroyed our routines. You have this fantastic plan to go to gym. You have a plan to go out and hike every weekend and you wanna go and exercise and I mean, it was great. You're so fit. And then suddenly it just all disappears immediately. And what do you land up doing? Well, for me, I turned to mobile applications. I was like, great, okay. So a good alternative is I'm going to use a home body workout. It's got this great set routine. And we're going to engage with, uh, on a daily basis, all of the different uh, schedules that are on there. And and it worked really well for a while. Um, and then Headspace, another one. Oh, it was fantastic. You know, you start to get into the meditation um, vibes there, doing some yoga as well online on YouTube. And, and, and what you end up doing is, is, is getting so caught up in the technology, right that um, you end up almost uh, forfeiting those connections that you might have had you might have had before. And it's one of the, one of the key issues that, that I found, right is that the technology, because you're spending eight hours in front of a computer every single day. Uh, and you are sitting there and you're doing your work, then you finish work and you go to your, your next mobile application and you start doing a workout and then you go and you watch maybe some TV and then you go back and you maybe do some meditation on using another application and you are so engaged in all of this technology that you actually never have an opportunity to completely disconnect. So what actually happened is where before you would be able to just connect by going to the gym or taking a walk, now you just even – you plugged in even more. And as a consequence, I found that my fatigue, right, went up because you'd end up staying up later, you'd end up um, feeling more drained. What technology ends up doing in many cases, if not managed correctly – It has a counterintuitive impact where the very intention of the application that you've downloaded was to help you get fit, was to help you feel more relaxed, was to help you feel more engaged um, and get back into the work, you know, going and doing the meditation. The the counterpoint was that you ended up feeling even more tired and it created this sort of like virtuous cycle where you're like, okay, so I need to now disconnect. I'm going to take a few minutes. So what do I do? I go to my phone and I'm like, cool, i want to do Headspace. Um, and, and so what ended up happening is I realized as he went along, as I went along is that, uh, I needed to actually stop using the, the phone completely. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to stop it. And I went and I literally hid my phone away and said, I'm not going to use any more apps. I'm going to do all of this on my own. And, and it actually worked incredibly well. In fact, post COVID, Right or post, should we say, all of these crazy lockdowns, what, I, what, what, what ended up happening is I had deleted all of those applications and I'd gone and found a way to re-engage with nature on a far more, uh, what do you call it, a far more frequent basis, right? And, and go for walks every single day. And the time that you spend away from the phone was actually far more valuable So I think in summary, right, is that really what happened is the very thing that was supposed to help when we were stuck indoors was the very thing that I ended up having to completely leave and say, you know what, I'm not even going to engage with this. I'm going to go back to the, the grassroots. And in summary, it's saying, you know, you need to ensure that you use technology in moderation and use it as an enabler to achieve your goals and not as a substitute for connection, uh, for getting outdoors, and for ensuring that you actually make an effort to connect with others and understand your, your own state of mind. I think we sometimes outsource our our salvation, in a way, should I say, uh, to, to technology. And it has a number of as I've, as I've demonstrated, very negative impacts on, on you as an individual and on me. So over to Setu, as she will share her story.
2: Thanks, Robin. Um, I was laughing in, in agreement because I experienced <laughs> all the highs and the lows of the pandemic in the way that you did. <laughs> so um, yeah, I resonate with a lot of what you what you said. Um, thank you for that introduction. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd like to begin with uh, a, a quote. I tend to be quite you know academic in my approach. Um, <laughs> Um, I'd like to begin with a quote from a uh, computer scientist and a former Google employee, Tristan Harris, from uh, the Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma. Some of you may have seen it. Um, In in a nutshell, this is a documentary that basically um, unpacks the building blocks of social media, uh, a little bit of technology, and and some of the risks around usage. Um, In it, Tristan says, When you go to Google and type climate change is, you're going to see different results depending on where you live and the things Google knows about your interests. That's not by accident. That's a design technique. What I want people to know is that everything you're doing online is being watched, everything is being tracked, every single action you take is carefully monitored and recorded. Now, this is not to scare anybody, but rather to make the point that I think in order to make the best use of social media and technology in general, we need to understand how it works. Um, And we need to understand that it's a tool. So we enjoy a number of benefits because of technology and probably the biggest one being access to crucial information timiously. You now get instant messages from work from your family and from the world over. And this allows you to respond quickly and make better decisions. Um, In the context of wellness, we're also able to attend virtual therapy. Uh, Robin made reference to, you know, apps and things we can now do online that, The pandemic stopped us from doing, but we found ways to to do those things. Um, In my personal experience, I use something called the Calm app to meditate um, at least three to four times a week, and that really helps me to manage my stress. Um, But as I mentioned, technology is a tool, and while it solves a number of problems, it also creates other problems in the process. Um, And so what we now know is that You and I live in probably the busiest and the most anxious time in history, thanks to all of this information. Um, We sleep less because of technology. Sometimes it feels like we're always on. From a work perspective, I definitely think that the hours that are being logged by companies the world over are significantly higher than the hours that we worked uh, pre-COVID-19. Statistically speaking, You and I will spend about four to five hours a day on our smartphones. Um, We will check our phones about 58 times a day. (laughs) Um, So from my own personal perspective, from my own personal experience, um, I have three smartphone devices. Um, I've got two smartphones, one is for work, The other one is my personal phone. I also have an iPad that I use mainly for work. So most of my devices are work-related. I also will make daily use uh, every now and then of Instagram and WhatsApp. I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I checked my statistics on my phone and I have an average screen time across these three devices of five to six hours a day. Um, So yeah, we spend a lot of time on our on our screens, um, so how do I uh, manage this uh, in my personal capacity? Well, firstly, what I'll say is, you know, I have a career in telecommunications and technology because of um, because of technology, um, and in addition to this, technology is obviously here to stay. So, what's important is that we find a way to manage our usage. But I my strategy is around three key things. Um, uh, I protect uh, firstly my focus. So um, s- slightly similar to, to Robin, when I'm at work, I will leave all my devices mm-hmm. in another room. It's a little bit like when I was in matric, I did the same thing. I, when I was studying for my matric exams about 10 years ago, <laughs> when I was 19, 18, um, I didn't work with the with phone in front of me and I, and I adopt the same strategy today. The second one, and this is a really important one for me, is protecting my sleep. So I will go to bed um, and I will keep all my devices outside my bedroom. I leave them in the living room. Um, Friends of mine who come to visit me know this because very often I ask them to do the same thing. (laughs) Um, And I also dim the lights around 8 p.m. so that my body knows that we're getting ready to rest. I also try by all means to ensure that I don't eat or work in my bedroom um, at all. Um, and the third thing that I like to pr- that I prefer to protect is the morning. This is the hardest one though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is I will do that by you know, not checking my phone within the first two hours of my normal day, just to give myself time, you know, to get into the day, to mm-hmm. understand my own areas of focus uh, before um, seeing messages and, and, and news on my phone. I go through a lot of trouble to manage my own device and technology usage. And I do that because I have read a lot of books and I've read a lot of, and I've seen a lot of documentaries like The Social Dilemma, for example, to know that, you know, um, a sort of out of whack or above average usage of social media and technology has correlation to higher rates of depression. Um, So I think, that technology is wonderful. And it's obviously a necessary tool for life progression um, in our time, and it will probably continue to be this way. But I also liken technology to a really powerful weapon in that we need to be careful around how we use it, and we need to limit its usage in our lives. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Setu and Robin, really. And I think it's so poignant that we talk about technology as part of the opening because it's, it's everywhere. It's where we are right now. It's what we're looking at right now and using it's to, to try and connect as we try to disconnect as well. So it creates this paradox of our experience that we need to find a way to, to reset and, and balance ourselves in the use of that. Technology is a tool, it's not a substitute. And I love what yes. you say about having to separate that and actually using those tools to further ensure that you're not going to let this interfere and that you're not going to have those routines disrupted, as you would said, Robin, because that becomes its own problem Mm -hmm. in itself. I myself, as you've said, have an app. It's a gratitude app that will give you a notification Mm -hmm. of affirmations or gratitude as you go throughout the day, just as little notifications that I think are helpful. But again, is that a distraction? So we need to be careful as we're also using these things, and and I thank you, thank you both very, for for talking about how it is a tool, not a substitute, but that we still need to ensure we're protecting our spaces as we create this new world of technologically supported wellness and rethinking that relationship of the two.